Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 88 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I am joined by my co-host Alex. We are here and recording another episode a day late. It's okay though. Uh, we're here on Friday morning recording and uh, we're excited. I don't sound too upbeat, but I am. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this episode. Um, and I'll start out by, you know, addressing the audience with how my co-host Alex is doing. So Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, you know. Drafts inching closer and closer. Uh, if I look at my calendar here, uh, what are we looking at? The 29th, right, for the first round. Um, so we are a little bit under three weeks away. That's very exciting. Um, the rumors are piling up. The trade gossips piling up. And, uh, you know, this year's definitely a little bit more interesting for the Giants, like we mentioned before, because you could really go anywhere in this first round um, and really throughout the entire draft. So I'm excited. Um, and I'm just ready to get right into it. And obviously the big news, um, you know, maybe on the face of it doesn't look like it affects the Giants very much, but it ends up affecting the Giants a whole bunch uh, if you look at it more closely. Yeah, and Alex is referring to the news that Sam Darnold has been traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, the Jet quarterback is now going to be Zach Wilson. I'm saying it <laughs> Uh, with much confidence, I really don't think Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or Trey Lance will jump into that second spot. Um, some people are saying it, but I think if this doesn't sh- if you didn't see the Jets taking a quarterback, and I think I mentioned this, um, if you haven't already, check out our last video, our 2.0 mock draft with trades. We had, you know, it was it was a really good mock draft. I enjoyed it. Um, you can also check it out on the GiantTake.com. But I think I mentioned in that video that if you didn't think already that the the Jets were going to take a quarterback in the NFL draft, I think you now definitely think they're going to take a quarterback in the NFL draft for that second pick. And I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. But anyway, um, 
that also shows you that the Panthers might not take a quarterback uh, with their pick. I believe they're at eight, um, and they will probably not take a quarterback now because they have Teddy Bridgewater, and if not Teddy Bridgewater, they also have Sam Darnold. So those are two players that I think are pretty quality players. Uh, they also, uh, the news came out that the Panthers allowed Teddy Bridgewater to seek trades with other teams. So maybe it might just be Sam Darnold, but it looks like Sam Darnold is a QB of the future for the Panthers as they gave up a few uh, picks for him. Uh, and Alex, like you said, that really should the draft, not so much for the Jets, but the Panthers especially, and they're going to be later towards the Giants pick at 11. Um, so that's really big news. Yeah, and you look at the Panthers team news, uh, or their team needs per se, and you really look at it, and I think there's only two ways they go. I think at eight, if Kyle Pitts is there, I think they take him. I don't think he will be there, though. And if not, I think they will go offensive line, whether that be Sewell or Slater. So for the Giants, well, all three of those guys are people that I think if they were at our uh, pick at number 11, we'd very much heavily consider. And one of those will definitely be sweeped up by Carolina, I believe. Uh, in the draft, unless, of course, they go for some offensive lineman who's farther down the board who may be coming up, uh, a name like Tevin Jenkins, right? He's been really coming up draft boards lately. Um, so he may uh, be someone like you could see a more natural tackle. I don't know exactly what type of offensive lineman they need. I know they franchise tag their, uh, uh, their one of their tackles, Modem, I believe, or Modem. Uh, so he's, I'm not sure if they need tackle or guard. Slater, obviously, Makes a lot of sense because he can play either one. So he offers that flexibility. But Swell, obviously, people have been talking about him uh, for quite a few years now coming out of Oregon. So uh, I think if he's there as well, he's pretty much an instant take for pretty much any team, um, obviously, besides the Bengals who may or may not mess it up there. And so if you're looking down the draft board, for me, I I, I see, I, I think if the Bengals are smart, they're going to take Swell, right? They have to take Swell. But they could take Jamar Chase, um, but I do think now they may take Sowell, um, just based off some rumors I heard recently. Um, and then you're looking down the board. Uh, Miami, I think that's an instant Jamar Chase take. If he's there, they're taking him. Um, and then after that, uh, Lions, I think you're seeing another receiver, whether that's Smith or Waddle. I'm guessing it's probably Waddle. Uh, and then eight, I think you may see Kyle Pitts there then. Um, if, if, uh, if he's still there, I mean, the Falcons could take him at number four, right? Or a team trading up to take him. But in this scenario, four quarterbacks go in the uh, first four picks. You could see Carolina, um, you know, taking Pitts there at eight. Uh, maybe Pitts doesn't go as high as people expect. And then at nine, um, you know, you're probably looking at two cornerbacks with Denver. Denver, you could see a quarterback, obviously, if there's no trade there. If it's Atlanta, you could see a cornerback. Uh, followed by another corner probably for Dallas. And then you still have Slater, uh, you know, Parsons, all the same guys that we've kind of been expecting to be at that pick. Uh, I'm really worried for this scenario. I think Slater is the most likely who could be affected and may not be there. Um, and for me, I think that's a really big problem because I think we need to go offensive line. I've been thinking about it. I don't think we will, sadly, in the first round, but I think we really need to. I, I you know, I was – thinking about this, I was listening to Entertainer's stream last night, Entertainer Talking Sports, go check them out if you haven't, um, and they were talking about who are the two most important players on this team, Josh, you you, you go right now, who are the most two most important players on this team? On the New York Giants. 
Yes. See, I don't want to get this wrong. Um, I'm probably going to go Saquon Barkley. And I would have to say maybe James Bradbury, if not a slow runner-up. Slow runner-up. Uh, maybe a runner-up Kenny Galladay. Saquon Barkley. Da- Wait, my fingers are out of the screen. Saquon Barkley, <laughs> Daniel Jones, right? Those are Very the two true. most important players on this team. Maybe you look defensively, whatever. Both of those players, they have something very similar in common, right? Do you, over the past two years, they've had the same kind of small issue. One small, one bigger. What's that issue? Injuries, right? And who protects them from those injuries? Offensive line. And I think when you're in there with an offensive line that has nobody that's really talented, you lost your best al- offensive lineman. Obviously, you have talented offensive linemen but not experienced offensive linemen. Um, obviously, drafting one isn't going to bring more experience, but it will bring more quality. And eventually, the quality will pile up uh, to be a better offensive line. I think you've got to go Slater if he's there, or you know any offensive lineman, really, a guard. Um, obviously, guards, they're kind of weird, um, because there's Vera Tucker, obviously. He's kind of a swing guard tackle kind of guy as well. It's a little bit of a reach there at 11, so maybe if you trade back, you can get him. Uh, but I think Slater is the perfect value pick at 11 there. And I think if he's gone, that's not a good sign. In my opinion, I don't think the Giants will go there. I think they'll go guard second round. I think the way I see it is edge, linebacker, um, first round, uh, guard, tackle, second round, and I think wide receiver, third round. Um, I think that's the way I see it playing out, just based off the things I've heard, um, based on even last episode when we talked with Pat Leonard. Go check that out. Shameless plug right there. Um, you know, he was talking about how they're very interested in the edge and linebackers and the pro days that Joe Judge went to, uh, you know, definitely signaled that to be true. I, I, that's kind of the way I see the first three rounds shaping up. And then, you know, after that, you're probably looking corner, running back, maybe a tight end. Um, if you're if Evan Ingram's not in the long term future, obviously he's on his last year. Um, so th- that's kind of the way I see the draft shaping up. But I think, you know, round one, you've kind of got to go for an offensive lineman because this offensive line is going to be the make or break of this Giants team, right? Uh, When we bring in Saquon Barkley needs a good offensive line to run behind. Obviously, he's run behind terrible offensive linemen and still done well. Um, But, you know, I'm not sure how long that can last, especially him coming off an injury, um, a very bad injury as well. Uh, he he definitely needs to be protected. Daniel Jones needs to be protected, right? We're banking all our coins, all our chips into Daniel Jones. We need to make sure uh, that he has the best tools available. He already has some great weapons now. We need to protect him as well. You mentioned Pat Leonard last episode, and I um, was going to actually mention that now because Pat Leonard dropped his first mock draft, and he mentioned it on the on the you know. He plugged the to his mock draft that he was going to draft. You know, mention it this week. I can't speak anymore. Um, but you know, he did drop it. So let, let's go through it. And I already see Devonte Smith is going to the New York Giants at eleven. So it's an open book. You never really know what's going to happen. He came on this podcast, and I asked him the straight up question. I said, "Hey, from what you've heard from you know Giant scouts or anyone." Your instinct right now, like, do you know who the Giants are like are drafting, who they're looking towards? And he said he didn't have a front runner, but he knows and he thinks, or he, I think he knows. He knows that the Giants are very much looking in the first round for an edge rusher and linebacker, and that's what he told us. And then he went here on his mock draft as 1.0, uh, you know, on the New York Daily News, 
and draft Devontae Smith at 11, wide receiver from Alabama. So it's an it's an open book. We have no idea, right? And you could tell even even he, you know, he doesn't know for sure who the Giants could draft. Um, that's just what, you know, what he's going by is that maybe it's a linebacker. But then we see here, obviously, he switches it up, goes with Devontae Smith. So it's, it's, it's all an open book. And this is something, like we've mentioned before, Alex basically has mentioned it uh, for the last few episodes, videos, whatever you want to call it, that we did not have this last year. It was basically an offensive tackle, and maybe we picked someone on the defense. But that was a risk, and we kind of knew it was going to be one of the three. That uh, and it was. I want. I, I'm not going to say it was boring, um, because I think this also, with it su- being such an open book, that it's almost upsetting that we're not able to prick a front runner. We have no idea where they're going to go. Whereas last year it was going to be, um, you know, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, um, or the the third player who I can't seem to think the name of. But go ahead, Alex. Yeah, it was gonna be it was gonna be Jedrick Wills, right? Tristan Wirfs, Makai Becton, or Andrew Thomas, and then you saw yeah. Isaiah Simmons as well was also in the mix for quite a while. The nice thing about that though was that we could really go in depth about those prospects, right? We could really look, you know, long and hard and see and compare. But when you have like 10, 15 different options at number 11, it's a little bit harder to compare, especially when they're all different positions. Um, at least four of those five were all playing the same position. You can pair them easily. And this year, it's definitely tough covering it. Um, you know, it gives us more things to talk about, I guess, if you think about it like that. Um, but it's hard to cover each part in depth, I feel like. Um, and if you look at it that way, it's kind of disappointing. Uh, but I really feel like we're going to see a curveball in draft night. That's just my feeling. I feel like we're going to take someone who's definitely going to be in our mind a reach. Um, or at least a lot of people's mind. Uh, I, for example, there's this guy, um, there's this linebacker, uh, Jeremiah Wosu Karamoa. I think he is definitely in play at 11. Um, I, I've watched a little bit of film on him. He seems like the type of player who the Giants like. He's flexible. We even heard that he was getting uh, passes thrown at him by some of the Giants coaches at Notre Dame. Uh, so he's definitely another player that I could see the Giants reaching at or not reaching, but quote-unquote reaching based on the experts' mock drafts uh, and, you know, draft boards. So I think you could definitely see someone like that or one of these many edge rushers, uh, Ojolari, Rousseau, Phillips. Um, there's tons of guys there, Owosu. Uh, so, you know, we could definitely see a curveball on draft night, and I'm, that's kind of what I'm predicting more and more. I don't think it's going to be one of these things that we're thinking. I don't think it's going to be a Slater, Smith, Waddle, Pitts, uh, you know, Parsons type of guy. Yeah, I agree with you, Alex. Um, I mean, I agree that it's, you know, once again, going back to to the point uh, that, that I was trying to make earlier, that it's a complete open book. And I, I agree that there's going to be a curveball thrown. We have no idea what's going to happen. And though people, there's going to be people that are mad at, you know, GM Dave Gettleman, like there always are uh, on the past few draft nights. Um, and there will be people who like to pick, right? I mean, we'll have to see and wait. But I mean, as we're here already anyway, I guess I'll go to the three mock drafts that I have on on the board um, that that I brought up for this week, and that's going to be Josh uh, Josh Schrock. I hope I pronounce that right. Of NBC Sports has tight end Kyle Pitts. Um, we see him flying in the top five some of the times between five and ten. He has him at eleven to the Giants. We have Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus (PFF), Devontae Smith, wide receiver Alabama. Uh, uh, and then Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. I feel like we mentioned his before, but he has Gregory Russo um, going there. 
And you can, once again, check out our 2.0 mock draft on our YouTube channel and the giantsgate.com to see who we have the Giants picking at 11. Um, Alex, what do you want to move to next? I'll give you the decision um, where you want to go from here. Um, I guess we'll move into some of the new coaches that we brought in. Um, you know, not crazy big news, but we brought in three new assistants, Russ Calloway, Ryan Anderson, and Carter Blount, I want to say. Blunt, Blount. Uh, we're going to go with Blount. I think that's how you say it. Um, and, you know, they were brought in. We're building up quite a coaching staff, actually, quite a large coaching staff. Um, so Callaway, uh, he was spent uh, his last season at LSU as a senior offensive analyst. Anderson and Blount both were uh, are going to be bringing in, brought in as defensive quality control coaches. Uh, and Anderson uh, worked with as a safeties coach at Elon College. And uh, before that, he was at Hampton University as well. Uh, Blount was a special teams quality control analyst at Tennessee. Um, and he has a history of judge when they both worked at Alabama in 2009. So a couple of connections there. Nothing too big. These are just quality control coaches here. Uh, they're not going to make big impacts. But I believe the coaching staff number is up to 22 now, which is quite large um, for an NFL team. You know, there you got. There's going to be a lot of minds, a lot of thoughts bouncing around, and you're going to have to have Georgia is going to have to manage those thoughts and ideas, um, and make sure that this team's working you know, or this coaching staff's working to the, uh, together uh, effectively. Yeah, and I mean, not too big of hires. I mean, just more people were, were talking about. We had Rob Sale a few months ago at this point, I think a month or two ago now, um, you know. And now we just have three more coaches joining the team. You know, I don't really have much to say. Obviously, I'm kind of searching for words, and there's nothing really that I want to say slash can say. So I'll just go on to what else we have. This kind of came out a few days ago now, about a week ago, a few days after we recorded our last episode last week. Uh, the Giants and Jason McCourty share mutual mutual interests, excuse me. Um, and then after that point, we haven't really heard anything on it. So I have no idea what is going on there. Um, but obviously, Jason McCourty has a brother that he's played with on the Patriots for a while. I think it's Devin McCourty, uh, I think. Um, and, and it's basically, I'm surprised if he'll leave the Patriots. I don't think he will, but... If he does, then okay. I mean, I'll take him. He's he's older. He's thirty three. So I mean, we'll have to see. But there's also other teams that are that are in the mix. Obviously, it's not just him. But you know, whatever it is, it is. And hopefully, yeah, Devin McCourty is his brother. I wanted to make sure I had that right. But um, both of them same age. Haven't seen the Giants have interest in Devin McCourty, but Jason McCourty, they've shared mutual interest with him. Not really big news, but. If we want to bring him in, that's fine. I, you know, put him on a one-year deal and cheap deal, see what happens. But um, yeah, defensive back, obviously for the New England Patriots. So just wanted to bring that up, Alex. Anything else? It, this is kind of like a shorter episode. I mean, we could talk some more draft a little bit, but you know, obviously I have to get one episode out a week, so no, it wasn't really much this week. But go ahead. Yeah, it would have been better if we got a uh, Devin McCourty. I think he's probably a little bit of a better player at this point in time. He has a safety. Yeah. Um, but Jason McCourty, he is a little bit, you know, from what I can tell from Patriots analysts and people who've covered the Patriots quite a bit, he's definitely aging at a very rapid, a rapid pace. He's definitely not the same player he used to be. Could he bring some valuable experience to some of our younger cornerbacks like Darnay Holmes, Adoree Jackson, obviously still quite young as well. Yes, I think he could. 
Um, but I think, you know, we have plenty of experience at that cornerback position as well already. So I'm not really sure, uh, you know, what he would help or bring to the Giants that we kind of don't, uh, that we already have, that we don't already have. Um, you know, besides being a solid cornerback number three, maybe a cornerback number two, obviously, Dory Jackson does have an injury history, right? So he could, hopefully not, but he could go down uh, during the season. Then maybe it's a good idea. But I think there might even be, uh, you know, you might want to take a chance on a cornerback in the draft, maybe, you know, fourth, you know, sixth round. Obviously, we don't have a fifth round pick, one of those two sixth round picks. And, you know, you could probably come up if you can hit on one of them. Uh, you might be able to find a, a player who's, you know, at or about uh, Jason McCourty's level at the moment and could have potential to be better in the future. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So final thoughts. Um, we got a lot of draft stuff covered in here. Be looking forward to next week. Our 3.0 mock draft will happen, uh, and we'll talk about it on the podcast as well. Just to let everyone know, if you know you didn't watch it or you haven't had it, haven't been able to watch it, please check out the YouTube video right before this one about it we had four quarterbacks going in the top four so at least i'll 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 let that go but i want you to check it out for yourself to see the giants pick we had trevor lawrence obviously going at one i already mentioned it zach wilson uh i think guaranteed at number two the new york jets san francisco 49ers selecting justin fields Uh, and then our first trade was the denver broncos trading up to four um, with the atlanta falcons and they pick trey lance quarterback out of north dakota state so please go check that out subscribe alex Last call. Anything else? I think I think we can wrap it up, right? Yeah, make sure to go check out thegianttake.com. Uh, we have blog posts up there. That's where the mock drafts are as well. If you don't want to watch, you can just read it over there, and we'll have all the picks and trades there. Um, and besides that, you can listen to our episodes on there, subscribe to our newsletter. Um, and that's pretty much it. Josh, do you have anything else before we wrap it up? Yeah, we're we're bouncing it back and forth like a like we're playing some pinball. But anyway, um, yeah, subscribe wherever you're listening. So subscribe on YouTube here. Drop a like. We would really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at the Giant Take, Twitter at the Giant Take Pod, Facebook at the Giant Take, uh, and we will see you. Oh, five stars rating and review. I don't like to ask for it, but I do have to ask for it because. I want to ask for it. So, uh, yeah, please, if you can, if you can't write a review, give us five stars. That's all you have to do. It's probably five seconds of your time. So we'd really appreciate it. Um, and we will see you for another, for another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. It'll be 89, and we will see you next time. to the all 80s movies podcast i'm bill and i'm jason and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters the flops and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies the 1980s so whether you're a brain a jock a valley girl or a jedi 
We've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.